0: From Soundography, a crash course of music, one band at a time, I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am Hammond Chamberlain. I am currently raging. Oh, well, neither of us mind machines. We're, we're fine with machines. We're even on machines right now, both of us. Uh, which should give you a really big hint as to who we're talking about today. Of course, none other than Tom Morello uh, of Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave, and so much more. This was a, this was a fun week for me because... I started out thinking I was not going to enjoy this and then started to enjoy it more and even more as the as the week went on.
1: I enjoy all of it equally. It's odd. I am not a fan of the East Street band in Bruce Springsteen. Oh really? Yeah, it's not really? something I mean I don't hate them. I won't go yeah. out of my way. If someone puts it on I'm not going to punch him in the face and change the station. <laughs> However, I won't go out and seek any Bruce Springsteen stuff. However, sure. When Tom Morello, in his book that we will talk about a little bit later, his Audio Audible original, yeah. talks about Bruce Springsteen, it makes me like him. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I will say, even though they did not specify which machine they're raging against, I'm pretty sure it was printers. Say again?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was. Or fax machines. <laughs> or all-in-ones.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Took me a second to get that. All right, let's get into it. Uh, we're talking about uh, Thomas Baptist Morello, better known as Tom Morello, born in 1964. Uh, he was born in Harlem as an only child. His mother was a teacher who had a master's degree from Loyola and was well-traveled. His father was in or in, in, in Rohe, uh Kenya's first ambassador to the United Nations. And his father returned to Kenya when he was 16. His mother raised Tom in Libertyville, Illinois. Adam Jones attended the same school. He went on to be in the band Tool. Tom was in choir, speech, and theater. Totally tracks. Makes sense. (laughs) He graduated with honors from high school and went on to Harvard and then graduated with with a degree in social studies. His first band was Nebula at the age of 13. He was the singer and they would cover Led Zeppelin and Bachman-Turner Overdrive. He had a band in high school with Adam Jones for a while called Electric Sheep. Androids would would uh, dream of them, or I guess it would be a question: Would they dream of them? Tom says groups like Run DMC and Public Enemy really influenced him. You could totally see that, and he says he was also influenced by groups like Kiss and Iron Maiden. The eighties saw him uh, found the band Lock, uh, Lock Up. The debut and last album was called Something Bitchin' This Way Comes. Which, by the way,
1: it, it's not its not a perfect album, but even he admits in that Audible thing that it was the dumbest title of a, an album, but they thought they were so cool. I remember that we we both played those
0: matching games You do wrong and I do the same <laughs> yeah, well, with that that is a cool name, though. Something bitching this way comes. <laughs> It's very cool. I mean, Lock Up is, is pretty, a pretty cool name, but the album is even better. In 1991, uh, Tomarillo got Zach De La Rocha, Brad Wilk, and Tim Comerford together to reform Rage Against the Machine. And later that same year, they recorded a collection of demos that got the attention of Epic Records. That album was self-titled. 1992, well, I guess the, the demos... uh, prelude to their first album, 1992's self-titled Rage Against the Machine. This album reached triple platinum, and their big hit was the song Killing in the Name. The uncensored version contains the F-bomb a record 17 times. (laughs) The cover is the famous picture of the monk burning himself to death in Saigon.
1: Yeah, and that was actually, it was funny because I'd, I'd heard about that picture a lot growing up. And it wasn't until I saw that album that I went back and did all the research and learned all about that. So who says rock music isn't educational? (laughs) Right, not me. I'm not saying that.
0: They appeared on the Higher Learning, The Crow, and Godzilla soundtracks. And two of the three of those were big movies. Responsible
1: for genocide. Responsible for genocide. It's killing the entire African nation. And
0: a vaccine is still Which ones you're talking about? In 1996, they released the album *Evil Empire*. This one entered the charts at number one when released. Again, reached triple platinum status. They played the uh, included the hit uh, *Bulls on Parade* on SNL. Open for you too, while they were on their Pop Mart tour, and all of the band's earnings were given to a wide variety of charitable organizations. Live and Rare was released in 1998, and Rage, of course, played Woodstock '99. Of oh, course, the Woodstock '99 yep. with uh, the, the, the,
1: the documentary that made Altamont look like Disneyland.
0: Tame, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, 1999, they released the Battle for Los Angeles. This one sold 450,000 copies in its first week and ended up going double platinum. The song Wake Up was featured in The Matrix. Calm Like a Bomb was in the sequel. And the album is listed at number 426 on Rolling Stone's Top 500 Albums chart. Michael Moore directed the video for Sleep Now and the Fire, and it caused the doors of the New York Stock Exchange to be closed and the band escorted away by security.
1: tell you that in the Audible original, Tom Morello says they handpicked Michael Moore and my, he asked him how many times had he been arrested? And he said, none. And he says, well, because oh. you haven't worked with Rage Against the Machine. And by the time the <laughs> video was completed, Michael Moore had been arrested. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, it, it, it feels like a, a done deal, right? Like a given. <laughs> uh, when it was all said and done, Rage had shut down the stock exchange for a few minutes. In September of 2000, the band played Testify on the MTV Awards show. After Limp Biscuit won for Video of the Year, Comerford climbed the set right up there on the left side of the stage. There's some bars. He climbed right up top and just sat there. And then he spent the night in jail. Do you remember that happening? I do. I watched it live. I yeah. saw it happening live. And I, I thought, this has to be part of the show. And then <laughs> I watched stagehands trying to talk him down yeah. while stuff was still going on <laughs> in the main stage. It was great, and they cut to the audience, and the audience is way more focused. Wasn't um,
1: it? Wasn't it? uh, Oh my gosh! C C the the host. Um, C Thomas Howell? No, the um, (laughs) C Biscuit. Close. I'm talking about the guy from American Idol. C Chuck. Oh, Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. I think Seacrest (laughs) was in the audience talking to somebody, and they said something about well. That's raging if I ever saw it. (laughs) Yes, I remember that. Yeah, it totally was. (laughs) I
0: forgot about that. It's hilarious. In October of 2000, uh, De La Rocha left the band. In 2000, they released the album Renegades. This was a collection of covers. It reached platinum status, and a live show called The Battle of Mexico City was released in 2001. The 2001 Clear Channel memorandum contained a long list of songs with lyrically questionable songs. All of Rage's music was on the list. <laughs> of course it was. 2003, live at the Grand Olympic Auditorium. This is a recording of the band's last shows. There was a reunion of sorts in 2007 for Rage. Uh, before we switched bands, this was probably the, the part of the week I enjoyed the least. I was not, I'm not a big fan of Rage Against the Machine only because... One right after the other, it's very, very same o same very repetitive Yes. Um, of the style of it. And um, it's all so angry.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's the thing is I'm a fan of dynamics in music. Yeah. And so yeah. it's it's the same reason why I can't listen to a ton of Slipknot. It's because it's like getting beaten up by somebody you pay $20 to listen to. Right. And yeah, it's, I yeah. don't need that. I'd rather have a little bit of a dynamic and have it be a little bit more audibly interesting so a lot of rage does exactly what it does it makes you want to rage and their <laughs> their hits are really really good and the stuff in between is also good but listening to it song after song a full album it, it mm-hmm. does become a bit enraging
0: <laughs> it does what was the band that we did was it megadeth that uh, your daughter said no that was Primus. i don't know what this
1: music Primus. Primus. I don't know what
0: this is, but it sure makes me angry. Yeah, it's frustrating and makes me angry. <laughs> That's right. That's what it was. Yep. Yes. Oh, my God. So funny. Uh, all right. So we switch gears and move over to Audio Slave. After Zach left the band, Rick Rubin put the remaining Rage Guys in a room with Chris Cornell, and Audio Slave was born. In 2002, Audio Slave was confirmed for Ozfest, and rough mixes of their first album were leaked. Uh, Cochise was their first single and was a smash. The mix of Morello and Cornell was unique, and people loved it. The 2002 Audio Slave album was the debut. It reached number seven on the charts. It was gold within three months of release. Once the album was out, reviews were mixed. Some praised Cornell and hated everything else. Others thought it was a callback to a better time. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the Audio Slave stuff. After a show in late 2002, Cornell told the crowd that these guys, meaning the rest of the band, saved his life. Cornell later spent an extended time in a rehab facility. In 2004, Tom started working on another project called The Night Watchman, we'll which we'll get to, get to which we'll get to in a little bit, yeah. Yeah. In 2007, Out of Exile was released. Like a Stone was the first single from the second album and was their highest charting single reaching number 1. Show Me How to Live was the next single. The video was banned from MTV because it showed high-speed uh, high chase. Be Yourself and Your Time Has Come were also released as singles. It's all right. Still included in my playlist. The day after <laughs> it was released, it was on top of the Billboard Hot 200. And in 2005, Slave performed a free show in Havana, and 50,000 people showed up. That's a lot of Cubans. In 2006, Revelations was released. Original Fire was the first single from this album. Uh, Cor- Cornell announced leaving the band shortly after the release of this album. And songs uh, from this record appeared all over different media Miami Vice, Madden 07. This thing sold 142,000 copies in its first week. Audio Slave did reunite in 2017 to play at a protest of the inauguration of Donald Trump. But in May of that year, Cornell was found dead. Audio Slave, another, another callback, lost material in the 2008 Universal <laughs> Fire.
1: How many bands have
0: we covered that had that happen now? It was at least the seventh or eighth one. I yeah,
1: think. we could actually do a whole season of just bands who lost <laughs> material in the 2008. We could do a whole episode just on that fire <laughs>
0: <laughs> for unreleasing so much great music. Uh, as mentioned, the Night Watchman. This was a uh, place for. Pro- I'm sorry. This project was a place for Tom to express his political views, and it was inspired by Bruce Springsteen's Ghost of Tom Jones. <laughs> Since he wasn't playing politically themed music with Audiosleeve, he took to this to share his voice. And he calls the night watchman, quote, a Black Robin Hood of 21st century music. As described, it is political acoustic folk music. Uh, For me, it's like Roger Waters' solo stuff or Paul Kelly. really, really enjoyed this a lot more than I would have thought I would have. This was my favorite of the week. It's funny because
1: as I listen to this, I listened to this long, probably way before you did. But I, when I got to yeah. this, I'm like, oh, this is where Brian's going to sink in his teeth. His entire playlist sure. is going to be Night Watchmen.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, if I hadn't been putting stuff in the, the playlist up to that point, uh, it probably would be. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Chris Cornell's voice. So uh, the Audio Slave stuff really connected with me as well. But then I got to this and I almost wanted to do like a whole Playlist, five song playlist of just Night Watchmen stuff. I easily could have. Uh, initially, he wasn't going to record, but no later did left. No One Left for songs and artists that inspired no Fahrenheit 9 11. A prayer on their breath. The world's gone black.
1: No one left. On the streets of Manhattan,
0: a dusty wind blows. Letters and wishes. A girl with a Speaking of Michael Moore, he covered Gorilla Radio to per- protest George W. Bush in 2007 at Bonnaroo. So you can see how this one kind of dovetails the, uh, the other uh, other things. Yeah. In 2007, he released the album One Man Revolution. Alone Without You was featured in the credits for Sicko, which was the, uh, another Michael Moore film. A tour song performed with Ben Harper, Serge Tannikin, Perry Farrell of uh, Jane's Addiction, Nuno Bar- Barancourt, and Dog from Cypress Hill. 2008, he followed it up with The Fabled City, Midnight in the City of Destruction about Katrina, and King of Hell, which was about Guantanamo Bay Prison, had leaked. He put together the Freedom Fighter Orchestra for the tour. As he and his ministers conversed, I peeked out from behind the well. And oh, how i was surprised to learn the devil's not the king of hell. The devil is not the king of hell. The devil is not the king of hell. A violent dance on slippery stones. He then released an EP called Union Town in 2011. A great cover album, or mostly covers, with all proceeds going to the America Votes Labor Unity. And in 2011, he released World Rebel Songs, in the fall of 2011 and May of 2012, he performed to support the Occupy LA and Occupy Wall Street events. Next up was the Street Sweeper Social Club. After Audio Slave broke up, Tom met Boots Riley of The Coup. And in 2009, they opened for Nine Inch Nails and Jane's Addiction. In 2008, Tom played twice with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. They performed The Ghost of Tom Jode, and one of these was featured on the Magic Tour Highlights EP. He later performed with them at Madison Square Garden, and Tom appeared on two tracks on the Wrecking Ball album in 2012. And he sat in and played with them a number of times, filling in for Stephen Van Zandt, who had scheduling conflicts, probably from The Sopranos or something. Uh, 2012? (laughs) Yeah, Sopranos over, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sopranos touring. How about that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sopranos Live, sponsored by Live Nation. uh,
0: Sopranos on Ice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tom's, uh, Tom's work is also heard on the high, on high Hopes, which was released in 2014. He is on eight of, of the 11 tracks on there. And Bruce, Bruce Springsteen has said that Tom pushed the rest of the project to another level. Another side project, Profits of Rage. This one formed in 2016, and it is made up of Comerford, Comerford and Wilk of Rage and Chuck D, DJ Lord and Be Real from Cypress Hill. In 2016, they went out on a protest tour called Make America Rage Again. They released the singles, Prophets of Rage, and The Party's Over. announcement that Rage Against the Machine was going to reunite in 2020, and this brought the Prophets of Rage to an end. Next project was called the Atlas Underground. This is a project with a wide variety of musicians, including members of the Wu-Tang Clan, Marcus Mumford, Pretty Lights, and Steve Aoki. They released the single We Don't Need You and Battle Sirens in 2018. In other projects, he's worked with Run DMC, Maynard Haines Keenan of Tool, Billy Gould from Faith No More, and so so many more people. This yeah. is a this guy's all over the place. This is a this is a great collaborator and uh, contributor to, uh, or and founding member of all these other projects. It's really really cool. Yeah, and,
1: and the the fact that he can do the sonic acrobat acrobatics he does on guitar and. Sunk all the time and to be able to do like classic guitar, you know, shredding things, but then mm-hmm. also imitates the dj, yeah, also great. is I mean, it's a wide variety of skills that he's developed. and it's it's
0: absolutely amazing when you hear him play it really is. yeah, in, incredible talent and incredible um, variety of styles. the the rage stuff and the night watchman stuff, completely different. In tone and style, maybe not in message, but certainly in tone and style, which yeah. is
1: great. Yeah, it just shows his versatility and his uh, broad thinking, not just as a musician, but as a deliverer of messages.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hammond, tell me about some statistics and general notes. So he
1: also has some acting uh, credits, too. He appeared in Star Trek Insurrection and in oh, Voyager. Wow. He was an Iron okay. Man. And a number of appearances as himself in various documentaries that have been made. It's cool. He has a regular show on Sirius XM, which is awesome. He was a featured boss in Guitar Hero 3, and he also <laughs> was in Mortal Kombat Armageddon. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Cool. Uh,
1: and then also, I mentioned this a couple of times, but the Audible original called Tomarello at Mineta Theater <laughs> is, is less than two hours long, like hour 42, and it is worth every single Second. Sounds like it. Yeah. And I mean, it, what a variety of stuff this guy has to, to be able to talk about. In the first seven minutes, he talks about how he's the only Star Trek fan, Harvard graduate who is in a politically charged metal band. <laughs> Prove it. You can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's awesome. He talks a lot about his mom and how they single-handedly integrated Libertyville and they were all fine and dandy with it until this, he started wanting to date their daughters. <laughs> um, you, you know, it just, it, lots of really funny stories, lots of real touching stories. He goes through a lot of his history. Uh, he talks about how he knew his wife was the, the, the one for him when she was able to talk the cop into getting a better mug shot when they got arrested. Oh,
0: geez. Wow. So,
1: you know, it, it's, it's amazing. And I really, I can't recommend of any of the things I've read or listened to in conjunction with the show. This is yeah. one of the ones I, that I highly recommend.
0: That's really cool. All right. Yeah, I might have to check that out. That seems really, really cool. It's hard to pick a stairway to heaven. It is. I mean, I, I figure you've got to do rage against the machine. And if it is, then you've got to do killing in the name. Uh, or bulls like, on parade. Or bulls on parade, yeah. So uh that's okay. So you pick one, I'm picking the other. Let's see where we end up. Man. Okay. All right. I'll pick uh what am I picking? Bulls on parade. You're picking bulls on parade, yeah. All right. All right. Statistics. Here we go. Killing in the name, number one. Yeah. Woo! Some of those that forces the same that bar crosses. Some With 343 uh, performances in concert, uh, Bulls on parade, not even until number seven, surprisingly. Wow. Bullet in the head, freedom, bomb track, know your enemy, people of the sun. And then Bulls on Parade, then Vietnam, Testify, and Fistful of Steel, rounding out the top 10. I would have thought it would have been one and two. Like, it could have been either of our two flip-flopping in the one and two yeah, spots, yeah. but nope. guess not. Uh, Ghost of Tom Joad Does Bruce Springsteen cover at number 14, most frequently played. Uh, How to Be Playing on the Jukebox, a cover of an Allen Ginsberg uh, thing. Renegades of Funk. Africa Bombada, MC5's Kick Out the Jams, he does in concert, White Riot by The Clash. Yeah, you're not going to hear him in concert covering Open Up Your Heart and Let the Sunshine In from the Flintstones. Oh, it is point.
1: funny though, because on the Audible, he actually sings This Land Is My Land.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me because then, doesn't he? He does that for Union City, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Street Fighting Men by The Rolling Stones might be, oh, Beautiful. Oh, wait, Beautiful World by Devo. Yeah. I guess I know that. I do know that. He covers that, as a matter of fact. All right, let's get to, uh, speaking of covers, let's get to our cover discussion. Who would we like to hear Tom Morello cover? Uh, I'm going to go first. Now, a couple of years ago, back in uh, the mid-90s, there were a couple of albums uh, where, where bands got together and covered Schoolhouse Rock. One was Schoolhouse Rock Rocks, the other one is Schoolhouse Rock Rocks the Vote. And the former had folks like um, Joan Osborne and Folk Implosion and Buffalo Tom and Better Than Ezra. Of course, we talked about um, Three is the Magic Number by De La Soul. Uh, Blind Melon did a version there too. And then the Rocks the Vote was, was covers of the more politically charged. Uh, Schoolhouse Rock. No, I mean, you know, there was a set of Schoolhouse Rocks that was all politics. Yeah, the Bill. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, Paul Revere and uh, um, No More Kings was a big one. Yep. And that had folks like uh, John Popper, another one we've talked about here on the show. Uh, The Roots, Sugar Hill Gang, you know, like another big variety of stuff. I think that Tom Morello and probably more in the style of the night watchman than the rage against the machine could have done an incredible cover of the shot heard around the world from schoolhouse rocks. That's, really, that's a really good choice. <laughs> would you love to hear that, man? I would love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you win. You win. I don't, I won't even uh, do it. I won't even do it. You win.
0: But I, but I think it'll really shock people having what you choose. <laughs> I think uh, you're denying them the surprise of your, your choice. I'm picking, I wouldn't want to
1: be like you by Alan Parsons. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Games people play. Yeah, Games exactly. Games plays. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, here's the thing. I and this guy. I picked it every every time I got a chance to pick one. I picked the season. Yeah. I'm proving a point that it yes. is one of the most versatile songs ever written because of the way it bones are. Throw any yeah, kind of meat on bones. it. Yeah. Throw any kind of meat on it, and you get yourself a great song. And with the way he works with sonics and with rhythm, uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even presume to tell him how to work it. I would just say, here, I in this guy have some fun, and yeah, right. so. I think he could do anything from like a metal funk instrumental uh, to just an acoustic piece with him and the boss. And it, oh, wow.
0: all of it would yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, that would be, you know, this is one that that I could hear the, again, Night Watchman style. Mm-hmm. I could hear, uh, uh, hear that being really, really
1: cool. And we can't have an audio slave version because Chris Connell is no longer with us. But I think an audio slave
0: version of it would have been really cool too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Awesome. That's great. It's a, that actually that actually does work, Evan. And it was a great it was a great bit for the se- Oh, I guess we're not done with the we're season yet. We got already. two more left. Yes, okay. Uh, all right, let's get to our set list. This is where we pick a few songs that go along with the greatest hits. And this would be a tough one, right? Because we have so many, so many different bands to choose from with Tom Morello's career, but uh, uh, this will go kind of around a lot of these. For me, my first one, and mine, mine are very much in chronological order. I did want to pick A Rage Against the Machine, and of course, the Renegades album being a cover album, uh, I did want to include something from that, and I included Devo's Beautiful World, which I just mentioned. It's a beautiful world. You know, after a lot of the same old same on the first uh, couple albums for Rage, this one, this album was a, a kind of a breath of fresh air and, an, and a new respect for Tom because his style you wouldn't think would lend itself to really good covers, and it totally does. And uh, that cover of Beautiful World is uh, is great. Uh, this was the first song I heard this week that said, "All right, this goes on the list, Brian. It's going on the list," and it did. Then we move into the audio slave era and Like a Stone, uh, which was on the self titled debut album. what a great groove this, this song has just such a, uh, such a cool, um, a cool progression. And, you know, I'm a sucker for, for really good uh, uh, chord progression and arrangements like a stone from the self-titled next one is be yourself, which as we mentioned was released as a single, whatever. I don't care. This is from the uh, out of exile album. Someone falls to, Uh, I'm guessing when when Hammond got to this album, he says, Oh yeah, Brian's probably gonna pick uh, this be yourself song.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It was it's funny because you know we've been doing this now for a while. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I s- throw an album out, I can pick which two songs you're gonna like.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got you've got me down. Less less for me picking yours, but there, you know, there's a lot that you and I you know, tend to pick that's uh that overlaps. Oh yeah. So.
1: We, we've overlapped a lot more than, uh, frankly, I think people really, really
0: understand. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Cause we don't talk about the overlaps because usually when somebody's already got that, when one of us already has it on our list, the other one just doesn't put it. there. Yeah. List. I
1: mean, other, every, there, every now and then we bring it up just as a joking matter because it's funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But there's a lot of times we overlap. So if we really want to talk about the road we walk on, it's actually a pretty wide road we share. Yeah, and then exactly. we have these weird tendrils that we hang off the edge of the road <laughs> and drag on the ground to pick up all the other stuff we actually like.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, that's both accurately, uh, an accurate descriptor and also kind of, uh, ew. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Next up for me is uh, Broken City. This is from Revelations. The city scraps in the winter times Another really cool baseline. Like I was hooked right from the bass line and that song just gets better and better uh, from there. But that baseline, that that actually, like I put this in my list just based on the first twenty seconds of the song, and then we get into uh, the Night Watchman stuff. And like I said, I probably could have picked another five songs just from the Night Watchman, but this is the first one I picked, or the the only one I added to my list was Midnight in the City of Destruction. Now he's gone. And I think I've come undone it's midnight in the city of destruction la 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 that la, um la, fabled la, city album feels like feels like a concept album and and this is you know a uh, uh a singer songwriter that's got a lot of concepts anyway but this one felt like such a great through line I don't think it was I think you know these are all disparate stories that just share the fact in common that they're they're Tom Morello written and therefore feel like they tell a story but this this album was probably this and Union City were my two picks for the albums that that I keep coming back to um Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I think that he, I think that it might've been a concept album just because if you think about a city and you think Uh about the stories that are living within that city, there's an actual, it's within the walls of this area. These things are happening. And and very easily, I I feel like I'm arguing the point kind of blindly, but I think (laughs) there is an actual argument to be made that it is a concept album.
0: Well, I mean, like we said, Midnight in the City of Destruction was about Katrina. And uh King of Hell was about Guantanamo Bay. It's about people suffering, and it's all within the city that we, people we've created yeah. and my point is that that's a lot of his music, yeah it so is. yeah, his whole thing but his whole thing is a concept, this album is just a slice of that big yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah, I guess we're both right, <laughs> we're both own? right yeah. yes, exactly yeah. yep he's he's the concept artist. So any album he releases kind of is going to be a concept yes. album yeah, because he's, it all he's, focuses he, around a common theme. When someone says stay on message yeah. throughout yeah, a career... no problem for him. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he and he's,
1: Bernie Sanders have stayed on message their entire careers.
0: <laughs> yes. I think the Violent Femmes have also stayed on, <laughs> on, on message. They're probably another good, uh, uh, good, good description of this. Uh, all right, let's get to your... Uh, your set list okay so for the first one I picked there was a Fender guitar
1: thing that happened a few years ago and they pulled in uh, Scott, e- Scott Ian from Anthrax Nuno Betancourt from Extreme, a yeah, couple other people this. and they put uh, Tom Morello in there and they covered the Game of Thrones yeah. theme song and it was a great pick it, it's really awesome I put it in there one because I think it's cool two because it has other people we've already covered on Soundography and three because it's a cover that Brian didn't pick (laughs) you beat me to it that's all it was yeah Uh, then I picked uh, my second one is Peacekeeper from Something Bitchin' This Way Comes This is an early hint of what Tomer would later do with his guitar and with songwriting. And I had to put something in from that album. I own it, so I felt like I had to throw <laughs> something in.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: I actually found it on eBay after listening to the Audible book because I had to have something that with that name, plus it's Tom Rillo, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Then I picked down Rodeo. <laughs> Which is uh, one of the more underrated Rage tunes. Uh, it's got all the hook and funk that Rage really is known for. And it's got all the messaging about, you know, people being people that they were fighting against. So it's, it's a good, it's a nice representation of them without picking one of the hits. Uh, then I picked The Curse from Audio Slave. This not only features Tom's guitar work, but it also features Cornell's voice really well. And I think it's one of the, it's for me, it's one of the songs I really enjoy and go back to more often with them. So pick that. Then I picked uh, Voodoo Child, another cover. Um, It's from Commandante. It has, because he's a guitar player, finding a pure guitar piece that kind of showcases not just his wackiness with the guitar, but his actual skills. And I figured a Jimi Hendrix cover was about as good as it could get. So mm-hmm. I threw that on there. And then the second one I picked from Commandante is Secretariat. <laughs> was his tribute to Van Halen, and I felt like I should go on there too oh, because Eddie yeah. played such an integral role in many, many, many
0: guitar players' existence. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know about that one. That's really awesome. Yeah. Huh. Cool. All right. Very good. Good, oh, man. Good list. And you've actually pointed me to a few things that I want to recheck out. I didn't know about that. The, chart, yeah, so. the
1: Commandante thing is really, that's a strong, strong collection of music sounds like it yeah. yeah
0: excellent yeah i hope people check out a lot of the stuff that we talked about on this episode cuz it's a very very solid career and chances are if you don't like one thing you'll probably end up liking another thing from from this catalog right it's like such a a wide variety of stuff so
1: if there is a way you could put all of tom morello's stuff into a playlist a curated uh-huh. playlist and put it on shuffle so that you weren't guaranteed to listen to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All audio slave back to back, or all Rage Against the Machine back to back, or all Night One watch back back to back. It would actually
0: be a far more therapeutic listening than trying to yeah. go through chronologically. I would think I would have enjoyed the Rage stuff more if it was interspersed with a lot of these other things. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. That's a great. Um, that would be a great way to do it. Nice, nice choice. Excellent. Well, uh, so Hammond, what do we have next
1: week? So this officially wraps up our. Brian and Hammond season. season. Yeah, a regular season. So now we have two sponsored episodes coming up. The postseason. The playoffs. Yeah, the the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, And so our first one is uh, The Toasters, a third wave of Ska Band. And I've already picked all my songs and...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you really? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. I'm looking. Look at you. How many covers are in there? All of them, except for... One, oh two. man, number two. I haven't even heard, and number two totally would have been on my list because <laughs> I love I mean, I assume that's the theme song, it right? is, it is, of course, it is. Oh, damn it. All right, that's all right. I have no doubt I'm gonna find a lot of stuff that I like. <laughs> I've been waiting weeks for
1: to scroll, have you scroll you down have. and read that list? I
0: bet you have. Yeah, no, number <laughs> two, I would say, is one of my favorite. Television themes of all time, like I would put that in in the top ten TV themes of all time. So for me, it's in
1: there. I don't know if it's high is high for me as it is for you. Uh, yeah. Magnum PI is actually my
0: favorite theme song of all time. <laughs> Someday I'm gonna watch an episode of that. Have you never well, seen either of the Tom Selleck? Selleck? I Have think you- we I think we watched one episode for film sack. Yeah, and that was the first. That was the only episode of Magnum PI I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, the old Tom Selleck
1: one was pretty good and I, sure. I'm actually yeah. I, guilty pleasure I love watching the the new one it's fun hmm. I'm sure you're going to tell me that I'm missing out no I'm not going to tell you I'm missing out because you have lots of other things you do
0: but <laughs> I will true. say that I enjoy it
1: and that's all that matters to me right now cool
0: good. <laughs> and, as, and as it should Hammond <laughs> excellent well uh, that's what you got to come to look forward to next week you'll find out what we're talking about because I think we were very vague about what that theme song was we just talked about though So if you want to get in touch with us between now and then, you can reach us via email, soundographypodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your email. Uh, We are at The Soundography on Twitter. We're at soundography.com, of course, on the website. That's where you're going to find all of our past episodes, including uh, some of our special episodes, some of our pre-Soundography or one of our pre-Soundography episodes, all of that stuff. And every episode has... Uh, extra content like uh, a, pl- a list of our playlists, a link where you can go to Spotify and hear our playlist whenever those are available, as well as a link to something on Amazon from that band that we think you'd like. And uh, of course, a way to support the show. Visit patreon.com soundography if you'd like to support our show. If you love the show and you want to tell other people about it, please do. Another good way to do that is to leave us a nice review somewhere, whether it's iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That is gonna do it, Hammond. Anything to close this out? F you, I'm not gonna do what you tell me. <laughs> Why Pardon? does he hate these machines?
1: No. <laughs> F you, I won't do what you tell me. That's how it goes. There you go.
0: Uh, so, on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brandon saying that 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 this is the end. That's <laughs> the end of sonography. Later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Ah, and you didn't even do a cover film today. So it was out of habit. You felt like you had to drop it. It Totally
0: was. Yeah, this is about the time that I would be doing that on cover Talking about a mental memory. that that video of the car going off the cliff and just sailing (laughs) through the air. and The wheel's still (laughs) spinning is what that was. (laughs) All right, here we go. On behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brian Emmett saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Soundography.